0: So, welcome to me not knowing how to kick Dude, this whole thing <laughs> off <laughs> yeah, I am here today with Kim Hi Thanks very much for being here with me on this first You're episode welcome. So,
1: um, well, my name is Kim Saizma My full name is Kim Isu Saizma I was adopted from South Korea when I was seven months old. Um, most likely because my mom couldn't support me. She was a single mother and my mom, our biological mom and dad weren't together at the time. So I was put up for adoption. Um, I was introduced to my family now in 1997, about a month after I was born. In, on the 18th of August actually. Which is also my mom's birthday. Ooh. So it was like a little birthday present too. She always called it. Um, so uh, I arrived on the 25th of February 1998. I was seven months or about seven months at that point. Um, yeah, it, growing up, I was in a very... I had a very loving family and very supportive family. Um, My parents later divorced, but um, I'm still in contact with both and I have a really good relationship with my mom and dad now. So that's kind of how I came to the Netherlands. And then um, I have an older sister, she's a biological child of my parents. She is 25 now, Um, so she's four years older than me, and then I have a younger brother Uh, He's also adopted from South Korea uh, but he came to the Netherlands in 2001 and uh, we're not blood related so to say but he is my brother of course and uh, we never really felt that differently also with my sister being a biological child we were always brothers and sisters and not different from each other in that aspect so yeah, that's kind of the story of how our family is put together. It didn't feel different than um, like I wasn't part of the family. It didn't feel like that. So I always felt very secure with them. But um, the thing that I most struggled with most of the times was you do look different. And f- where I'm from was a predominantly white community and they also spoke a different language besides Dutch called Frisian so um not always it wasn't always the case that people understood um why I could speak Frisian too because it it wasn't that common yet at that point um there were a few others but Mainly, the people that spoke Frisian were the people that had lived there for a long time because it's such a local language. Natives. Um. Yes, were natives, and they um. Just passed down on it from generation on generation, and it doesn't really spread out, um, a lot. So um, sometimes people were wondering, like, how, uh, or why does she speak Frisian, um since I am Asian-looking and not the typical uh, uh, kind of
0: Caucasian. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. So, yeah, that that is sometimes where I struggled with, because you do get, in a way, pointed out, and it's not necessarily always, like, to just make you an outcast, but um, you are different from the other kids and from a younger age sometimes since there weren't a lot of similar um, cases it does get pointed out to you more than I think it would if it is already a very multicultural um, community itself and there were more people that were either adopted or um, from a different skin tone and that uh, different skin tone ethnicity whatever um, that did speak Frisian too but there weren't that many cases at least not when I was growing up and that I really um, not in my immediate um, environment and sometimes I found it difficult to relate to the kids um, in my school because of that since there was sometimes you feel kind of misunderstood growing up like oh yeah I am different but I'm still the same I grew up here too I am also Frisian and you don't feel very like different inside even though you might look different and sometimes it was hard to relate to people in that sense because I didn't really have a lot of people to talk to that about and um yeah that was something I did struggle with growing up
0: mm. I guess we all need other people's validation but do you feel like your happiness was kind of cut short because of that
1: mm, I don't up? think necessarily it was really um whitewashing in that point of my life uh, in my case since I grew up there I was just um, I was in that community already in that environment and um, I just grew up with like how people felt and acted in that part uh, also like just in morals and what's good and right uh, what's good and bad what's <laughs> good and bad and um, I don't think like it was necessarily whitewashing at that point in life uh, since you're still a kid and it's 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 more natural because yeah. you get um, grow up in that um, environment, you kind of take over characteristics but also habits and you learn from the adults and at that point in life. but later on, I do I did sometimes feel like I had to like put an extra effort to kind of belong. and that was mainly during high school that I felt that way. That was, like, Dutch high school is from 12 to 16, uh, 17, 18. Depends on which level you're doing. Um, But I did feel more different than I felt in primary and elementary school. How come? It was mainly because... In primary school you're all growing up together you kind of are in the same class as um, for a long time for about eight years and it doesn't really change up a lot especially where I was from because it was not a big school relatively in comparison to the schools that are here they're massive and they might change up a lot more than Mm -hmm. what I had we had mostly just set classes and we just moved on with everyone unless they had to do over a grade or went to a different school when they moved or whatever. Um, At that point in life, yes, I did get teased and called out for being Asian. um, Not necessarily always by my classmates, but yes, they did point it out. But I felt, I didn't, it, it did bother me at that point. Um, but that only amplified when I was in high school since there were older kids that were kind of... Yeah, kind of singling me out because I was Asian. Mm -hmm. And I spoke maybe Frisian, but they didn't even know always. And, um, yeah, they kept, kept calling me out and, oh, yeah, you Chinese girl, blah, blah, blah. And it might not sound that offensive, but for a 12-year-old that is just getting into puberty and you have your whole identity crisis already, <laughs> it doesn't help to get like singled out as a person like, hey, uh, you're different, so why, why are you that way kind of idea that they're giving you. They're not asking you, but because of the remarks you're getting, it is quite yeah challenging at times it was
0: yeah especially because i i guess that as kids were always being told to contain our behavior so how how did you fight that how did you fight like passive aggressive um, racist comments because i guess there's something really cathartic in fighting back and it also depends on your your support system how mm-hmm. how how understanding were your parents as well?
1: So my parents were very understanding in, uh, and supported me a lot. And I told them about the uh, teasing and eventually it felt to me like bullying. Um, that is how I experienced it. Even in like uh, elementary, primary school, it did bother me a lot. So I talked about it with my parents. Um, so like at that point, you're still small and young and I think like as every young person sometimes feel uh, feels that it's harder to convince an adult if you're that young still Um, it's mostly guidance from them and not them yet they're they're listening it's a different kind of balance and level uh, of like Authority, mm. in a sense so my mom like we talked about it and she said like oh um, yeah you should ignore the remarks most, uh, mostly because like if they feel like they um, they don't get you they will stop and I don't know about other people that were bullied but I don't think that it that always helps but fighting back doesn't help either So you're kind of stuck in between, in the middle, like, okay, so if I ignore them, they don't stop. If I say something back, they don't stop. What do I do? You kind of become like a bit hopeless and, um, in high school that kind of amplified a bit more also because I, um, I always like really did my own thing and never really cared about trends or groups or being popular or whatever and that also put me aside already a bit because um, I didn't go with the mainstream but kind of went my own little path and that led me to not really having a lot of friends uh, especially in high school um, in the first year, I did. I was with my with my now one of my best friends, and we were together a lot still. But after that um, year, she went a level down, so I wasn't in the same class as her anymore. And then I didn't really have any a lot of like a lot of connections with the other kids. Yeah, on a very. A superficial level in a sense. Like, oh, we were talking and we were hanging out in the breaks, but not a very, like, deep emotional level yet. I don't know how deep and emotional it can get at that age, but it didn't feel (laughs) like um, I could really express those troubles easily yet.
0: Yeah. Because I can relate a lot to what you're saying about um, not fighting back, because... It's in a way winning but um, I often felt like it would be portrayed as weak so um, did it did it change growing up have you still kept that mindset
1: about not fighting back yeah I am more vocal about it because now that I'm an adult at least age wise I'm an adult I won't always say that I'm (laughs) acting like an adult but that's everybody at the age of like (laughs) not not everybody but a lot of people like at the age of 21 we still have our our quirks and like to go out and stuff but also at this point you are maturing much more emotionally and mentally too and I think like um now that I feel more like in a balanced level of uh, adults and people around me like were more equal in a sense um, that I can be more vocal about it mm. because I also later on that was mostly in my jobs and 15 and uh, up when I started working um, a lot of adults um, they came to me and um they were wondering, like, why I could speak Frisian, and I was happy, like, well, happy, I was um, willing to, like, explain that to them, but some of them were genuinely interested, and others did it out of their own curiosity, and more, in a sense, or, like, I felt like they just then had something to talk about with their neighbours, and like, oh, Mm. did you hear about... Yeah, a bit more gossipy, and that... Also, led to like the honestly interested people ask me questions just very um, related to the subject, too. But some other people started asking questions about, like, where are you from then? Where are you originally from? That's okay. But who are your parents? What do your parents do? Who are your grandparents? Why are you adopted? it's my parents choice I don't know like necessarily why they um they chose for adoption because my mom really wanted to um when she was young there was also a um a family that adopted in her little hometown so she was already like came in contact with that and really wanted that too but like the whole thing I don't think is necessary for me to talk to about with strangers When I don't know them and they really, it's really not related to anything that I'm doing at the moment, like work. I was working in a restaurant and I've worked in retail. And I don't think those are necessarily conversations that you're just having with a stranger Mm -hmm. when you're at work because it does feel kind of um, being the server or the. Uh, the sales assistant, you can't be like, oh, I don't want to say this because they they might get offended or at least that's how I felt at that point. So I kind of explained that over and over and over, but you feel a bit, uh, it it feels intrusive. Hmm. And now that I'm a little bit older and I've had some more experiences in that and I talked about it to uh, one of my old babysitters. She's also adopted. Um, she is actually the girl that was adopted in the family from uh, my mother's hometown, and I'm still in contact with her a lot. Um, so I talked about her, and she was like, "Well, you don't have to explain yourself. They, you don't know, you don't own an explanation to any of them, because you don't have to justify yourself. Yeah. you your own person and they are asking for you or what it feels for you as intrusive questions and you can let them know and I was like actually yeah you're right but since because I was younger then you kind of feel still obligated to tell an adult something because you're younger and you should respect adults and I'm totally agreeing with that but it still didn't feel quite right to me but I kind of felt... In a way forced to tell it because they were an adult and I was at my place of work so I didn't want to come across as rude and etc but now I've decided like hey those are questions I don't want to answer and they should be um, if I explain that to them in the normal way in like a polite manner then if they don't agree with that and they still want to ask further and they don't stop Then I can just tell that to my manager or supervisor, like, Hey, they're bothering me. I told them that I don't want to talk about very personal things. And that's the end of the conversation. Mm. I now see that I can do that, but that took me a while to like, find out like, Hey, it's okay for me to say, I don't want to talk about this or, um, you don't need to know in a sense because this is my personal life and I don't think you would be asking anyone this if they're not from a different ethnicity. Yeah. Um, I think that at some point you kind of have to say, no, I'm yeah. my own person and you don't have to know this.
0: So is that what you meant when you were talking about being more vocal about it? Cause, um when i would fat, fight back i would often be labeled as a cry baby or as a drama queen or like this small fear grows into a bigger fear if you don't act on it for the next generations as well because those are issues that we need to fix now otherwise they're just the venom is just gonna keep spreading
1: yeah there should be like what you're saying about we should fix it now there should be a starting point and then we should work from it we shouldn't like oh that'll come later yeah postponing that sort of stuff only makes it worse Mm. definitely but yeah I think like it was always a fear to talk back to those people and I'm not uh, saying about talking back in like the aggressive way I'm just saying talking back in the sense of like explaining my side of the story and why it shouldn't necessary for me to tell them and that is just in a very polite normal manner and that should be accepted in a sense
0: yeah i find it really hard to find this in between yeah Um, it is yeah
1: it is very very difficult to find that balance of like still expressing your emotions and saying this is it and i'm not going to go farther it really like getting the message through but not getting aggressive or Mm. rude in a sense um even though they might come across rude to you
0: they might not realize it
1: exactly they might not realize it or um also if you are rude back i think that makes the spiral only go down because they will think like oh she was rude to me and that will only solidify a stereotype they have of you like oh she's different and or oh they are different whatever minority we're in we're talking about this is for everybody probably that speaks up about what they're feeling and how what challenges they faced like if you are speaking in an aggressive or what can come across as rude for them manner, then they will only, like that stereotype of them being, um, Oh, I don't like them. Opposing feelings to them will only become greater or solidify like, Oh, because he was rude to me. Everybody in that like kind of minority will be rude. Because they haven't really... been, Yeah, it's very stigmatizing and you will only, like, confirm the stigma if um, if you, like, go about it in a way that is impolite or very aggressive most of the times. And that is, in a way, very sad because you are trying to express your emotions and you might get very emotional, but we for some reasons, the minorities have to be the polite people mm. and express the, themselves um, in a way that isn't found impolite for the receiving audience. Yeah. Just because otherwise you're stigmatizing yourself even more.
0: I think it's important in the, mom- in the moment to put yourself first and fight back for yourself but also think about the minority as a whole and who is being stigmatized apart from, just yourself as well? Because I, I found power through that. Did that help you?
1: Well, in a sense, I did think um that did help me, and I, th- thought about the um, like minority, about people that might be similar um. To what I experienced, but the other thing is, um, I'm probably not not a rare case, but there aren't a lot of in at least in my environment there weren't um, that many people that were adopted. Quite a few, to be honest, but not um, not all of them spoke Fijian, and some were older than me, so they were not in the same like uh, period that they grew up in. Um, you do think about that, but also not necessarily even about your minority, but in general people that are looked down upon uh, because of either their sexuality or skin color or how they, um, what they decided to do with their life or like anything that, that is out of the so-called norm. You do think about that, like, I think I did think about that a lot, but I do have to be honest to also say that when I went to the States, when I was 19, for eight months as an au pair, that really opened my eyes to how different those communities, like, interacted in the States, because in the States it's a very multicultural country itself. Um, since how the states came to exist were mostly immigrants from different regions and there's a lot of different ethnicities that mingle there and where I was from, that was... it wasn't as much, um, at least when I was growing up and I think, like, that really opened my eyes to, like, how they interacted and I won't say that everything was always rainbows and sunshine there but they seemed to me more open to everything and not as that they had to always stigmatize about it or name it like for example um, if uh, you had um, you your sexuality you came out as either gay or bisexual or anything of the LGBTQ plus community um, they wouldn't really um, necessarily say that to describe you, mm. but I... where I was from sometimes, they would instead of saying, "Oh, the couple that lives there and there and um their names, they would say, "Oh, the gay couple from yeah, you know you didn't they didn't." have to say that to indicate who they were because it's not only that's not only them and i'm not only the chinese girl even though i'm not chinese that speaks region because there's also more (laughs) to asia than only china which was always a bit of a challenge to get through people's head at times Mm -hmm. but that's okay geography isn't my strong point either (laughs) so (laughs) i can relate to that but like because you're growing up in that kind of environment. I did notice that I was sometimes, even though I experienced these kind of things, small minded in certain areas because I was used to kind of think about it a certain way. Like, um, for example, you would judge people very easily with their appearance because I was kind of used to that I was judged but I was doing it myself too and I realized that when I was really outside of my um, the place where I grew up because that just opened my eyes to how I was doing things myself and I realized that um, that is kind of a thing that I needed to adjust too, so I worked really hard on that, like more, be more open-minded, but also educating myself about yeah. certain minorities or people or whatever their reason can be for looking the way they are, or even just um, looking beyond that.
0: So this is what you notice when you move to the states, right? Yes. Because I guess it had um. I kind of went through the same thing when i moved here in london because i guess it has a lot to do with representation and in your ca- case the ridiculous lack of asian representation in the media in music fashion movies asian women in particular i'm thinking about the movement that rena sawayama started that's called angry asian girls that fights against um the constant fetishizing of Asian women and their stereotypes as well so do you think that because the representation is higher or better where you went to in the states is that what played a role in your
1: yeah definitely like when I went to the states there were so many other like like Asian Americans or Asians that like um, people that moved to the States or there was a lot more representation and I didn't feel um, as like different from them. In a way I did because um, I wasn't American or I wasn't living in the country in that point and I just grew up very differently but there was a lot more like people that kind of looked like me and in where I grew up there were a couple of uh, people, but when I was younger, I wasn't really in direct contact with them. That only was, like, in high school, eventually. I had one Asian, uh, other Asian girl. We were very different. She was really nice, and we uh, we were friends, but, uh, and at some point, I worked at, their mother's, at, at her mother's restaurant. Uh, so you found your community. You <laughs> so mean. I found my community. Yeah, it was was still like also then we were kind of put together in the same little box like oh those are the asians you know mm. and there were all these stereotypes kind of going around about asians and that we looked alike even though i didn't really find myself looking alike uh as her and that was totally fine but like we were our own persons and if you kind of mistake it in the moment, like, oh, I thought you were hurt, like, okay, totally fine. But if you kind of keep on uh, sometimes calling me her name when you're talking to me and I've already explained that I'm not her, then you should just accept that because I'm a different person and yeah. you're not the talking to the person you wanted to talk to or you wanted to call out to. And that kind of like, that was just a very different sort of um, feel to what it was in the states. Like, I wasn't stereotyped as I needed to be good in maths or Asians are so good at school. I was super lazy I can honestly say that I was really really lazy <laughs> exposed Exposed in like every subject and it probably my teachers didn't really like me that much when I was like in high school because I was like doing nothing mm. except for the first year I was uh, quite good at the, in the first year and then it slowly deteriorated to doing nothing mm. at all sorry mom. Uh, sorry <laughs> but they knew that I didn't do anything so <laughs> it's not a revelation to them but Also, probably not to my classmates, because I just, I was very lazy. Also, I was horrible in math. But like, oh, they were always, like, joking, oh, shouldn't you be good at math? And I was like, yeah, I'm just a bad Asian kind of (laughs) thing. I would joke around with them, too, at some point, just because it is easier to make it a joke than to, like, say... To laugh it off. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. And then when I got to the States people didn't look at me differently necessarily anymore like my friends didn't in the Netherlands and like close people to me and the world became already a bit more open-minded since social media and like globalization was a thing and like you get more uh, information about cultures different from your own but there it was just I was just another person in the in the crowd and I really enjoyed that for yeah. some reason and people asked me like oh don't you feel alone and I was like actually no I feel very liberated and free in a sense that I don't get pointed out and I'm not weird or different anymore there's so many people there and so many different um, ethnicities communities mm-hmm. also yeah. just so many uh, uh, much representation of a lot of different corners of
0: Humankind Humankind, (laughs)
1: exactly So that was just something that I was like was a bit eye-opening to me like hey, it can be different too and Why didn't I do this earlier in life? (laughs)
0: Um, So there's obviously been this undeniable rise of uh, South Korean pop culture and it refers to any kind of entertainment music food fashion, T V dramas, thinking about BTS, Blackpink, who recently performed at Coachella, which is which was groundbreaking. Um, leaving Korea booze aside <laughs> I don't know how you feel about that, but anyway. Um how like did that play your ball did you benefit in any way from this?
1: The thing is, um with this is that This didn't reach me until I got to the States. I started watching a Korean drama when I stumbled across it when I was looking for a movie. And I started watching this drama and I was like, oh, this is actually quite funny. It's in a way... Very different from what I used to, and sometimes it, it was a really romantic type drama, like really oh cute, but the cheesy kind. <laughs> the cheesy kind. Um, so it sometimes was a bit cringy, but even like romantic movies, yeah, yeah, here are like sometimes cringy in a good way. Indeed, like the kind of thing that would never happen in real life, but then suddenly happens. You know that yeah. kind of and then also how um, it was so different i that was the first time i really came in contact with like korean culture i was already into like japanese culture and anime because that was around already much more in a like um
0: mainstream mainstream way
1: (laughs) (laughs) and um yeah people had pokemon and you had it dubbed and that was already on television and then anime is of course A lot bigger than just that but it was easier to get in touch to than Korean uh, culture at that point at least where I was growing up like anime was a thing kind of up-and-coming thing already but like Korean culture was kind of unheard of and I think it's still kind of unheard of uh, at at least in the like the older generations my generation and younger because of bts it's really up and coming also in blackpink and just the korean dramas and people are more interested in watching something different than english or dutch even spanish like things on netflix is up and coming like like Mm. that series casa de papel was really popular yeah and like previously i don't think a lot of people always tended to watch that because it was a different language than English or um, their native language, unless they were Spanish, of Mm -hmm. course. But because of that globalization um, and like of K pop and like it becoming more into mainstream culture, popular culture, um, it does help. But and I think like for Asian kids growing up, it's also something supportive. Like oh, there are more people like me, and that that can be cool too. Yeah. And it's not as like um, they're breaking kind of a little uh, kind of a stigma around it. But I didn't come in contact with it really until I went to the states, where I delved into Korean beauty and skincare and how that all goes into work. I'm still an avid fan of that. Mm-hmm. I talk about it a lot with friends, I recommend things and I'm like oh I love this, have you seen this blah 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 but um that kind of like increased when I was in the states like um what I was um yeah how I was interacting with Korean culture and that at that point I also became increasingly um interested in going to Korea again before it was only really for a route trip to find my family later when I was older but now also I just wanted to visit I booked a trip in September so that's cool I'm really excited for that I yeah. like, can't wait but I don't think I would have done that um, previously if I hadn't gone to the States and really come in contact with all that Korea has to offer the food in the States it was the first time I tried Korean food because where I lived nothing (laughs) uh, like uh, there was nothing around that sold sold Korean food until I think this last summer or so me and my sister went to a Korean restaurant like was 30 minutes away from where we were living and it was good but it was still not uh, as authentic as I had from the little hole in the wall Korean place in Chicago that Uh, was around by koreans and uh, couldn't speak english that well (laughs) so it was like really authentic food um and that's okay but like you can see that it's a bit more up and coming yeah but i think in the netherlands it's still predominantly like japanese things that are very like common around like a lot of sushi places and um still anime and just japanese culture is a little bit more integrated already and I hope that Korean culture will get to that point too but that might still take a while. It's not really that known Mm. and it's, it's getting more popular and it's reaching where I'm from too nowadays because of the internet.
0: I am just curious whether there was kind of like a shifting moment for you? that made you go from I'm gonna let you talk shit about my culture to this is my culture I'm claiming it back was there a moment that triggered um this shift
1: as in that I um like embrace my culture more and am yeah. finding, fighting for it in that sense mm-hmm. out of that sense yeah Yes, kind of. At some point, um, especially when I got back from the States, I was more and more into K-pop and I watched Korean dramas and that wasn't always understood. Also from my friends' point of views, they hadn't really seen it yet and they were unfamiliar with it. So, like, they wouldn't really make... uh, bad remarks about it but sometimes when um I was either like talking about them they uh talking about it with them they didn't fully understand me and I was like yeah maybe it's very different from what you're used to but it's still something we don't have to like do it in a joking way always like talk about and um, I think at, at that point when I told them that they understood too like and now I believe um, even some of my friends have seen Korean dramas and we're like oh this is kind of cute actually yeah. maybe it's not their thing but that's okay too but they do they do seem to like understand it a bit more Yeah. and where I'm coming from um, but right. like for me that I really started fighting for like oh this is my culture and this is my this is also my heritage um i am both i feel both frisian and korean and i embracing that now wasn't really (laughs) was really um probably when i got to uh london even more that i really developed that sense of like um expressing myself in that way And I think like the the move to London really triggered that like that feel of okay this is my heritage and I can be proud of that and I shouldn't be ashamed about liking K-pop because yeah. in a way I was like reluctant to tell some people sometimes because I w- didn't want to be stigmatized as that like crazy obsessed kind of fan idea that they had in their minds.
0: Um. I want to go back to what you said about how tricky it is to slow your friends down when it comes to oppressive humor. How did you address it?
1: Well, so for the people that know me, I can be quite straightforward at times. And I just said to them at some point, like when we were talking about it too, like, it's not a joke and um this is something i it was like a general conversation not even about just me my uh, as myself but also about uh, other minorities um it's not a joke and we shouldn't just always make it humorous because it it is Something that other people can feel offended by and I had this conversation with my mom too, like about how I felt um, as um, Like a different From the norm person in our community and how I struggled with that at times and how like moving to the states and London helped me and I don't think they uh, that sh- that uh people will fully understand but she did like try and empathize with me Mm. but if you're not haven't been in that situation sometimes it's you're unknowingly doing it because um, you don't know about it that much yet
0: comes from a lack of education exactly
1: and that um, like friends of mine um, we would joke around sometimes about, like, me being Asian, and I would have the jokes too, and I would sometimes uh, go into that joking manner too, but I did kind of try and stop that, just for myself, and not do that anymore as much, because I felt differently about it, I, so, like, previously I would joke, oh, I'm a bad Asian, blah, 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 as as a joke, as in, like, I'm not the stereotype, and I'm definitely not. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. in a sense yeah. I'm just my own person and um, we still joke about some things and that's totally okay because I'm I'm joking first and then they joke with me but I did like to teach them some little things about Korean culture so they could better mm. understand where what I was looking into and what I was educating myself about and so they um, understood it better too where I was coming from but I just with my friends we were we are they are very open-minded and always very understanding at least the group of friends I have now that are really close to me back in the Netherlands and I'm so grateful for that like they never um tried to make me feel um outcasted outcasted on purpose Mm. and they had, had never have But in a sense of what they're sometimes saying I would address if it makes me feel uncomfortable to say that like or say like oh we don't have to say it like that and I think that I'm very fortunate with a group of friends um, that understands that and that is similar minded in a way and I taken that a step further maybe in the sense of just breaking free of that mindset entirely and um, just when I was moving to a different place I just like found myself changing also in behavior and also in train of thought and um, but like my friends are really accepting in that ops, uh, perspective and I think that Um, we do sometimes have really deep talks about how we're feeling and what we're doing but also um, and in those talks I think that we can talk about like things that are bothering you or um, the person in question and we did talk about like minorities too and I think they were really understanding about that and I felt that that was very nice for me to like not them being like all laughing it off, but they mm. were really understanding about it. It's when so I important
0: to, to surround yourself with people that understanding people when it exactly. comes to those issues.
1: I'm very grateful for the support I got from my friends, even though I made the decision to move away, and that means I can see them less and um, we can't stay in contact as much as we used to. I mean, like we went out or we were together almost every week. And now that is very difficult. If we want to do that, yeah. we it's not easy to fly over every weekend. Even though it's only an hour I know flight, this struggle. I yeah. So I think like I'm very just grateful that they're supporting me also in me being here, and that when I get back or when they come over, that we still, it it's still like the same. I have a really close relationship with those friends, and. That is also something I think um, that is very, um, I've been very privileged with because not everybody has that supportive group of friends or family um, that struggle with like issues like these uh, being from a minority or um, just feeling different from the rest of the people and them, not maybe understanding you very well and i think like those people also should know that it's okay to be that way and you shouldn't conform to anything just because someone tells you to and i wish i had someone tell me that when i was younger like just go do your own way and yes you're you will struggle everybody struggles but If you stay true to yourself, your happiness will grow exponentially and you will, when you get to that point of being uh, surrounded with people, you feel much more grateful that you don't have to pretend than Mm -hmm. trying to conform to stereotypes that are set out for you because you either look a certain way act a certain way or just anything that could make you in a sense difference quote-unquote from the norm
0: yeah it's important to not having to feel the need to pretend exactly when it comes to the people that are close to you is there anything you'd like our listener to be aware of know hear learn from what you've been through things not to say things not to tell people
1: (laughs) I think you should always stay true to what you're feeling and that it's okay to express that of course there are ways to express it a certain uh, different ways to express it and that that is up to you to choose which way you're going for what I would advice to do is to keep it as civil as possible and really explaining why you're feeling that way and not just stating it I think that really helped for me too like explaining why I was feeling that way and not just saying like I don't like it because um you are um asking me intrusive questions period and not going in about it for me it was like the explaining why I felt like I didn't have to tell them or why it was intrusive to me that really helped me also understand my feelings and why my gut feeling was telling me this is wrong or um why I was so apprehensive to talk to those people like it's really go with your feeling and don't go necessarily don't go against it um, just because you feel the need or um, you feel the need to in a certain situation or that you feel forced to because if you stay with your own kind of like feeling of how you're feeling at that point that is your feeling and nobody else can feel that so yes um, it's annoying that you you'll have to be the one to explain it why you're feeling a certain way, but it's important you do for also for yourself, but also for the people that you are talking to or around you so you they can better understand what you're going through and also maybe educate themselves about it. And maybe you can even change a few people's minds about certain things. And it might seem insignificant at the time, but it'll make a difference if we all um, speak up about what we are feeling and not necessarily trying to conform or pretend yeah. to a certain norm.
0: So important. Yeah.
1: And then also, I think, uh, what is important for... Um, especially for like kids and teenagers that are growing up with struggles similar to this... Is what I as I said before just be yourself and if people can't accept that that is on them and not on you you are good enough and yes they should try and understand you too and not just go from their own type of little bubble bubble and expect everybody else to believe the same yes. because we're all different people <laughs> mhm and by now, I think we should have learned that, but we're still a work in progress. Too. Yeah.
0: I think there is also um, it should be on everyone's um, priorities list to be the truest version of yourself that you can be so that you attract people who are gonna adapt to you as well because if you always put on a mask or if you if you always feel the need to pretend or if you just not yourself on a daily basis all the friends you're gonna make all the connections that you're gonna experience are not gonna feel true at the end of the day exactly so yeah
1: and i think it's also important to mention that it's okay to make mistakes too Mm. and it's okay for people to not understand at first too it's sometimes they just haven't experienced it yet or they're just not familiar yet or just not educated about it and then we can also give them time to understand and you can maybe explain or um, just let them know how you're feeling and I think it's okay to make mistakes Mm. too just when it's continuously then it gets to become a problem. Mm. Ignorance.
0: It's also okay to get upset or angry. I don't think those two emotions should be repressed when we were talking about um, being very calm when you call these kind of people out. Um, It's okay to feel those things, but just I think you have to learn how to channel those two emotions into something productive instead of just trying to cure them.
1: Exactly. Yeah, channel it into something that makes your energy and uh, worthwhile yeah. and your point stronger, even, maybe. For sure. I don't... I just meant anger in the sense of recklessly um, irrational... Stupidly angry. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Irrational anger. And I think we should... Ang- because anger is a dry for a lot of people that are talking about these issues too like they feel feel we feel misunderstood yeah. and
0: um. I mean they're valid they're valid if, yeah
1: yeah yeah but it's I think the thing is like how we use it is what it's about and not necessarily that it's what movie. changes everything Yeah. exactly I really agree with you when you say you shouldn't have to oppress it but use it for something productive mm-hmm. and not for blind anger or rage yeah that will help no one.
0: But anyway, thanks very much for sharing this first experience with me. Um, thanks for coming all the way here with your bruised ankle. It's great. it's, it's healing,
1: so it's fine. <laughs> no, but I I'm, I'm really glad you asked me actually because I think it'll be nice for people maybe back home to hear what I have to say in a very different setting too than just me talking to everybody in person because that's really hard, you know? Maybe (laughs) people can now like hear about it just in a very calm, relaxing way. I love my family and my friends. I'm so grateful for them, each and every one of them. Also, the ones I met, people I met here and just throughout my life that have played a significant role in me understanding myself. I'm just really grateful for all the support I've gotten up until now.
0: Thanks so much Kim.
1: Thank you too.